0: This whole world's no place for living Not enough caring, not enough giving Sometimes clouds, feel sorrow hide my way But it's a life of stormy weather Ain't it gonna be my home forever I'm gonna be a moving one of these days I'm gonna be a moving, moving away And kids are never gonna find Gonna be a movie One of these days time for crying. No more sickness, no more dying. Joy awaits me in that mansion far away. I'm gonna rest from all my labor. Jesus gonna be my next door neighbor. I'm gonna be moving one of these days. Day. I'm gonna be a moving moving away. I'm gonna be a moving one of these days When I leave this life right behind me, troubles and cares are never gonna find me. I'm gonna be a moving one of these days.
1: I believe that deserves an amen. amen. I'd like to welcome you to our service this morning. It's good to be on this side of the wind, isn't it? The wind bite got a little bite to it out there. We're so glad that you've chosen to come and worship with us today on Baptist Men's Day. My name is Tommy Green, and I am the director of Baptist Men. So on behalf of the men of the church, I would like to... to uh, welcome you to our service. I'd like to mention a couple things. Uh, You saw the people coming up. Uh, Alan said he's gonna do to me what people did to him and that was come up and tell him to not forget to make an announcement. So uh, let me get those out of the way right quick so I don't forget them. One is that the church office will be closed tomorrow in observance of Martin Luther King Day and somebody was clapping. I think it was Betsy. Uh, and uh, Candy asked me to just call your attention to an announcement in the bulletin about the, the rescheduling of the adult luncheon due to the memorial service for Jerry Green that that uh, adult luncheon has been moved to the 29th. So if you'll just, and if you, there's a lot of announcements here in your bulletin, so I would just ask you to refer to your, to your bulletin. I'd like to mention a couple of things uh, about Baptist men, some of the things that, uh, uh, activities that are taking place. Uh, always put in a plug for our uh, Sunday morning men's Bible study, meets at 745, had about 20 men there this morning who gather to study the word of the Lord. Uh, it's been my experience that anybody who comes or any man who comes to visit that uh, doesn't stop coming. The group just keeps getting larger and larger, so I'd like to invite any of you men who are looking for uh, an opportunity for some good Bible study led by uh, Dr. Webb to Come and meet with us at 745 on, on Sunday morning. Uh, you might have saw some of the pictures. I'd like to mention another activity that we have started, and that is our uh, ramp team. Uh, I thought maybe we might want to come up, come up with a good name for our team, so I thought maybe we might want to call ourselves Ramp It Up or something like that, you know, something catchy. Uh, but it is a group of men that, uh, that we are now... Uh, partnering with the Shelby missions camp and we're, we are, uh, trying to meet some needs of people in the community or in the, even in the County who, who, who need, a who need assistance. And you'd be amazed at how much assistance, just a, a ramp that can be built in two or three hours that, uh, that, uh, the benefit of that. We've got about 16 men who are currently listed on our team. If you, if you'd be interested in joining that team, I certainly would be uh, glad to talk with you. Um, we we want to continue to do that in, in, in joint uh, with the Shelby Mission Camp. And uh, just one one way we think we can, uh, we can uh, minister to, to those in need. And uh, so uh, we really would like, or I really would like, <laughs> uh, it'd be really neat if we had uh, uh, someone with, uh, a little background in construction that could the problem that 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 some of us have is uh, being able to draw out the plan and order the materials and that kind of thing so if we if so if you have that expertise and you'd be willing to join our team which I certainly would be be glad to uh, to talk with you well uh, I think we have a, a wonderful service plan for you this morning I'd like to thank uh, Thank all those who have agreed to participate, Lee and Rusty, and uh, we've already heard some great music, and there's a lot more of that in store for us. So uh, uh, let us uh, praise the Lord together as we we continue in our service.
2: I got to the men's Bible study this morning at 7 o'clock, looked at the bulletin, and said, oh, Lord. (laughs) So I Googled what a call to worship was. Uh, one word I came across when I did that was ecclesia. Ecclesia, did I get it right, Melvin? He tried to tell me how to say ecclesia, but uh, we have people in our Bible study like Dr. Joe that speaks Greek better than he does English, so uh, we get we get some of that. Uh, ecclesia is a assembly or congregation that is called. Uh, or called by God in our case. Uh, We're called to give up our worldly distractions when we come to worship. We're called to give our minds, our hearts, and our attention to God. We're called to realize that God calls us from darkness to light. And when we worship, we're doing what God calls us to do. Here's the Psalm 100. It sort of shows us the attitude we should have when we're called to worship. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This is the call to worship that God wants us to have when we come here to worship Him.
3: This is a really old one. I think maybe the Methodists lay a denominational claim to this one more than Baptists do, but, uh, but I, I remember singing it growing up. So, uh, Max is going to start with the denomination of jokes now. Here they come. <laughs> uh, it's called, Will There Be Any Stars in my crown? And Feel free to sing along if you, if you remember it or want to. They reminded me that I, I'll try to play it in the same key that they're going to play it in. The night of a beautiful land will reach when the sun goeth down. When through heavenly grace by my Savior I stand, will there be any stars in my crown? Will there be any stars, any stars in my crown? When the evening the sun goeth down. Will I wake with the blessed in those mansions of rest? Will there be many stars in my eyes? In the strength of the Lord, let me labor and reign every watch as a winner of That bright stars may be mine in that glorious day when His praise like the sea billows roll. Will there be any stars, any stars in my crown, even when the sun goeth down? Will I wake with the blessed? In those mansions of rest, will there be any stars? stars? Oh, what a joy will be. When his face I behold, living gems at his feet to lay down. it will sweeten my bliss in this city of gold. Should there be any stars in my crown? Will there be any stars, any stars in my crown? In the evening the sun goeth down. Will I wake with the blessed in those mansions of rest? Will there be any stars in my time? If I wake with the bliss in those mansions of red, will there be any stars in my
4: time? Good morning once again. Thank you, men. Thank you all, Quartet, and for Lee and Rusty and all who are participating today in today's service. But it truly is a special day, and we are glad that you're here. If you are a guest today, uh, I'd like to extend to you a special welcome. And there is a section in your bulletin where you can write your information on a uh, part of the bulletin, tear it out, and place that in the offering plate. And we would love to have a record of your visit and some contact information so we can get back in touch with you. But again, we're glad that each of you are here today, and we look forward to what God is going to do as we sing, as we worship, as we read his word and we hear it proclaimed. And um, i grateful for Lee Bryson and his willingness to share testimony today. And then uh, Rusty Strapp, Jason will be giving him a formal introduction later in our service. But Rusty, we're glad that you're with us this morning as well. This has been a tough time, a tough season in the life of our church um, with uh, the deaths that we had in late, two, well, really all of 2018 and then those that we're experiencing here at the beginning of 2019. But we want to continue to remember the Washburn family and the passing of Betty this last week. And uh, we also want to remember uh, the family of Jerry Green, Uh, be in special prayer for Pat and for Irene and for others uh, in her loss. But his celebration of life service will be this Tuesday at two o'clock here in the sanctuary. And then um, the visitation will be Monday evening from six to eight at Cecil Burton's. And so just be mindful of that and be in prayer for uh, the Green family and for uh, the Washburn family at this time. We know that uh, as we gather in the midst of celebration, in the midst of worship, that we all bring things in here that are on our hearts and our minds today. And so I'll give you just a brief moment. Uh, in the midst of our celebratoriness and the the noise associated with that. And it's not just noise, it's good good noise, good things to hear, but uh, let's have a moment just of silence and then I will lead us in our prayer this morning. Let's pray together. Almighty God, it is our desire to come to worship you today in spirit and in truth. Lord, to take all of who we are and all that we can bring here today and to lay it at your feet. We do pray that, Lord, that you would meet each one here at the point of their need. We come in here today, some needing encouragement, some needing some guidance and direction in life, some needing comfort, uh, Lord, uh, in the midst of their grief. And Lord, uh, we all come, God, confessing that we are limited in our knowledge, limited in our abilities to do the things that you would have us to do. But Lord, we also come claiming your promises that are found within your word. Lord, lead us that our hearts and our minds may be fully attentive to what you may have to say to us today, that we may go forth from this place to be the salt and the light that you've called us to be. Lord, we do pray that you would stir the hearts of each one here in this place. Lord, again, for those that may need to begin a fresh walk with you, we pray that today they would feel Uh, led to do that and lord for those who may have walked with you for some time that lord may need a sense of renewal in their spirits this morning we pray that they would find that as well god comfort again all those who grieve comfort those who are sick bring healing to their bodies lord some who are here today and others who are not others that are going through treatments for cancer and other concerns and father we pray for a special blessing on them this day as well father i lift up all those who who are leading in worship today both musically and speaking We pray for Lee and for Rusty that you'd bless them and as they come and share in just a moment. Father, we're thankful for your goodness and your grace and Lord, we pray that at the end of this service today, we'll all leave saying it's good to have been in the house of God today. We love you, Lord, we commit this time to you. We ask this in the name of Jesus, the name above all names, amen.
5: Good morning. Our first uh, scripture reading this morning uh, comes from the, the book of Matthew. <clears throat> I'll be reading from chapter 15 verses 3 through 9 and I'll be reading from the New International Version and this is where Jesus uh, is talking with the scribes and the Pharisees uh, about God's Commandments versus uh, man's tradition Jesus replied and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition. For God said, honor your father and mother and anyone who curses his father or murder, murder, (laughs) mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is a gift devoted to God. He is not to honor his father with it, Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrite, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. May the Lord bless the reading of his word.
6: Let's make a joyful noise now by singing a hymn, Uh, hymn number one. That's an easy one to find in your hymnal. And uh, this will be our offertory
2: hymn. Let's stand as we sing, please.
1: from Malachi 3 verse 10 where it talks about tithing bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test says the Lord of hosts if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need let us pray dear Lord we do thank you for this day and thank you for all the many blessings you've given each of us As we take this time to give back a portion of what you have financially blessed us with, we pray that you would take these tithes and offerings and use them to glorify your name. It's in these things in your name that we pray. Amen.
7: Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely And long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion My constant friend is He His eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me His eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me I sing because I'm happy I sing because I'm free for his eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Let not your heart be troubled, yes, In tender words I hear, and resting on his goodness, I lose my doubt and fear. And I know he watches. to Him, from care He sets me free, His eye is on the sparrow, and I know He watches me, His eye is on the sparrow, and I know He watches me. Sing because I'm free, for his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches. Where I'll be Over in the glory land Just over in the glory land I'll join, we'll join. the happy angel band Over in the glory land The sun and time shall be no more And the morning breaks, breaks Eternal bright and fair and Then we'll say the earth earth Shall gather over On the other shore And the roll is called up yonder I'll be there When the roll Is called up yonder When the roll Is called up yonder chair when it's chosen labor for the master from the dawn to setting sun let us talk of all his wondrous love and care
8: Feel the spirit moving this morning. Say amen. amen. Well, I'm looking this morning in the bulletin, and I see uh, that Rusty gets a introduction here, and, and I don't see anything for Lee. But uh, you know, Lee, it's okay. You need no introduction. You're a Bryson. <laughs> this morning, I'll be reading from 1 Samuel chapter 16. Verses six through seven. And this spoke to me as I I read this, and um, I say amen to this. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, But not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees, Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart.
0: It's always good to be in the Lord's house. I'm going to do you a song a good friend of mine Randall Hilton wrote, and you can find it over in the loop around about the 18th uh, chapter, around about the 10th verse. It's about two men of praying. I asked Randall one time, I said, how do you come up with all these great songs? He said, do you not read the Bible? All in there. And I appreciate Randall. He, he wrote a lot of stuff. And uh, he wrote one I really love called Country Poor and Country Proud. And it's uh, about a couple, you know, that uh, meals shut down and all that. This, that's kind of, he lived that way. So he wrote about it. But this is two men of pray And we'll do our best, it. Well, two men praying, two men praying, two men are praying prayin to the Lord. One was a sinner and one was a Pharisee, two men are praying to the Lord. Well, the Pharisee was proud, he shouted out loud, oh God, there's no dirt upon my hand. I'm perfect, I'm strong. Man. Two men are praying, oh, two men are praying, two men are praying to the Lord. One was a sinner and one was a Pharisee. Two men are praying
9: to the Lord.
0: The sinner looked down with his face to the ground. ashamed to even lift his trembling voice. I'm guilty, Lord, he cried. I'm weak, and inside, have mercy on me, for I know
7: I am lost. Two men praying, oh, two men praying, two men praying to the Lord.
0: One was a sinner, and one was a Pharisee. Well, the Bible said the Lord, he listened to both prayers. He listened and he gave it all some thought. The Pharisees said, we watch before we pray, but the sinner found a place in God's own
7: heart. with well, two men praying, two men are praying, too many praying to the Lord. One
0: was a sinner, and
6: morning thank you guys for that special music and thank you Jamie for my special introduction <laughs> so many all know uh, I grew up in this church been a part of this church for a for a long time and I felt it on my heart that I really needed to share and uh, uh, for a while now and I got a call from Keith this past week and asked if I would share and immediately I said yes and he said well I want you to just give a five to ten minute testimony and Rusty's going to bring the message and I said you want me to open for Rusty's trap <laughs> I was like no pressure there but I'm going to do the best I can here so like I said I grew up in this church born and raised here my parents and grandparents went here and I really got to thank them for everything that they did for me growing up I remember early on as a Christian, I wanted to give my life to Christ for a while. I never really, never really made that, had that courage to do it, I guess you'd say. And then I remember being 14 years old at Caswell, a moment I'll never forget. It's one of those sermons, you know, the preacher's just preaching to you, and I felt led to do it, and the talking to Wesley Smith that night, that's a moment I'll never forget. And I, re- and I really felt my life changed that night. And then... Honestly, I tried to live the life that I thought best that I could. I was still young and growing up and figuring things out as I could, but I thought, you know, that I lived life the best I could. And honestly, my biggest struggle, I have to say, didn't come until it came time to go to college. I knew that senior year came around, and the one thing I knew I didn't want to do was be a plumber. (laughs) Uh, So Came time to start making decisions and grew up this close to Garden of Webb. I started looking at that and I said, you know what, that's that's a good plan. We'll start from there and it in, got in, and just it just didn't feel right. Just I can't explain it. It just it just really didn't. And my prayer through this whole year was, God, lead me down the path you want me to go. I said, I I don't know what you want me to do, and I don't know what you have in store for me. Just direct me where you want me to go. So uh, I had a couple buddies there at the end of senior year. They were going to Charlotte for engineering, and I said, you know what? I'll give it. I'll try. It. And when I toured it, it just it just clicked. I it felt good. I had liked it, and I said, you know what? This is what I'm. This is what I'm gonna do. So uh, get down there, and let me tell you, when you live in Boone Springs, North Carolina, your whole life, and go to Charlotte, North Carolina, it's a big difference. But uh, first few weeks were good. I mean, this any transition like that's gonna be tough, but. It just really started, I guess, the testing of my faiths began. It just, when I got in those classes I was used to in high school, really didn't have to study that much. It really just came natural. used to that small town life and got that first engineering test grade back. And I'm not going to say it, but it wasn't good. <laughs> and I still remember that to this day. And I was like, you know what? It happens to everybody. Not that big of a deal, but it just seemed to get, it was, I would take one step forward and two steps back, and it just kept bringing me down, and this whole time, I'm like, all right, God, you know, where are you? Is it, what, you know, I I need, I need a sign, and it got to the point, I said, you know what, I'm done. I called my mom and dad one night, I said, I'm coming home. I said, I made the wrong choice. I thought, because it wasn't easy, and it was so hard for me, that I messed my life up, I had everything set to go to Garden Web. I was in. And at the last second, I decided to go to Charlotte. I said, I messed up. And that was my biggest fear. And I remember one night, uh, it was loud in the dorm room. I went out to my truck. And I just happened to take my Bible with me just to do some thinking and some studying. And uh, I just prayed, God, I said, I was angry. I said, why did you leave me when I need you the most? I said, I've honored you my whole life. I don't understand what I've done to, to, to go through this. And man, was I wrong. Started, that night I remember sitting in my truck and I started flipping through my Bible and I just started praying. And I came across a scripture and I'm going to read it for you now. It's Joshua 1.9. If you got your Bibles, I highly recommend marking it because this is really the, if I had to pick one scripture, this is the one that did it for me. Joshua 1 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I'm gonna read it one more time. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When I read that, I was like, okay, God, okay. So I started to dig a little deeper. And you know what? And so now I'm gonna read my second scripture. It comes from the book of James, which is a phenomenal chapter. in the Bible It's short, but I highly recommend James. James chapter 1 verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may mature and complete, not lacking anything. When I read that, I knew that was... I honestly couldn't have described it anymore with what I was going through. And I said, okay, God, I'll finish this semester. But I said, do it one day at a time. <laughs> and I can still remember that day as clear as ever. And you know, it seems like you turn around and blink and then I'm four years later, I'm walking across the stage with a degree and I honestly didn't think I could do it. And I'm not here to tell you that from that day as a freshman, every day after that was easy, because it's not. I mean, there's a lot of things we go through in life. There's not a scripture for, but the one thing that changed in me when I was a freshman, I had never been broken down like that. I'd never lost confidence in myself, lost my faith like I did that freshman year. But what changed in me is that I knew no matter what trial I faced, where I was, God was with me, and if I could make it through that, I could make it through anything. And so, really, it's kind of funny, that beginning of that year, I just, I was angry with God, and it's something now that I thank Him for. Just, I thank God for allowing me to go through that, that freshman year, because if I wouldn't have went through it then, I wouldn't have made it through those four years, and I wouldn't be up here talking about it today, sharing it with y'all. We all have a plan for our, our plan of how we want our life to go, we project into the future, but the truth is you you can't connect dots looking forward. God has a plan for each of us that usually differs. You can only connect dots looking back at the moments and the trials that brought you where you are today and look forward knowing you have the strength and the courage to go and get to where you need to be. So I wanna leave you with this as it's a new year, 2019, we hear a lot about New Year's resolutions and that's good And I hope that all of y'all make that and can stand by those as the year goes on. But we all know that there's gonna be bad days this year, times when our faith is tested. But the one thing that I got out of this, it says in this good book that wherever you are, wherever you go, God is with you. And you have the strength and courage to get through whatever it is you know. And I know that what I went through is not comparable to what a lot of y'all are going through today, and I get so much strength from that. Seeing what a lot of members of this church through, whether it's battling the loss of a loved one, an illness, or whatever it may be, says God says it doesn't matter. He's with you wherever you go. And just know that what you're going through today may give you the strength to get through tomorrow, and the trials you face brings you closer to God and creates perseverance. Thank you.
10: Well done, Lee. Um, when Keith and said, would you introduce our, one of our speakers, Rusty? And I said, sure, be glad to. Jumped at the opportunity. Um, come to know Rusty in these past few years, a good friend of mine. Um, he, just to tell you a little bit about him, he and his wife Karen have, have raised three wonderful young men. Uh, been to Appalachian, grew up in Cherival, um, plays a little baseball at Garden Web from time to time writes articles has written two books and this is where Rusty came into my world came into my life as we were having a little get-together down at the river and Rusty gave me a book says uh, top 10 ways to be a better man in God's eyes if you don't have it you need to get one you need to read it don't put it on the bookshelf it's a good book but Rusty uh, we're glad to have you thank you for coming and being willing the thing that I would say about Rusty is when he come comes wherever you see him, wherever you meet him, he, he conveys to me um, a, a spirit of what God wants each of us to be. Um, so, Rusty, thank you. Come on up and join.
11: There's A couple things I've learned in my few years in Bowen Springs. And one of them, my son reminded me uh, uh, not too long ago when we saw Miles and Jason doing something out here. And I said, wow, that's pretty cool. And he said, Dad, Hamrick's can do anything. Um, <laughs> I've come to know that that's true, and after hearing uh, Lee up here today, i am come to believe that Bryson's are, are pretty much in that same category, too. Uh, and, and then when when I hear the music and everything, I'm, I'm thinking, and then the little introduction, thank you, uh, there's some expectation that this might actually be worth it, and I'm looking at my watch here, and I don't know if I'll make it till 12. Uh, I don't have that much uh, to share, but I do have a little bit. and. Um, what I want to tell you is, um, is that sometimes when I speak, I step on a few toes, uh, namely my own. Uh, so if I do, then just let's not get mad at Coach. Let's 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 blame that on God, because He's laid a little message on my heart here about churches. And one thing about churches is we do some unique things. We have things that are unique to our. Uh, Christian community there's things you can recognize in some churches not necessarily always here but one of them is um, that in our churches we we pray we have these unusual prayers uh, sometimes in small groups sometimes in church so for example if if you want to be kept safe at home um, you don't necessarily just pray Lord keep us safe at home you pray for a hedge of protection Uh, which sounds better. Um, We pray for a hedge of protection. And I'm thinking growing up, I heard that a lot and I'm thinking, if we want to be kept safe at home, why would we just pray for shrubbery? Let's get a wall. Let's put a whole wall around it. And then I realize it's not a good time to be talking about a wall. Um, So maybe we'll just stick with the hedges. We also, when we travel, we want to be safe when we travel, when we go places on trips. So instead of praying, Lord, just keep us safe on our trip we pray for does anybody know y'all can help me interact (laughs) well see you do it here don't you travel mercies Uh, we pray for travel mercies and i wasn't always sure what that was have mercy on me Uh, but i'm assuming that means we get there and back safely is what we're what we're praying for there's other things that we do uh, that happened to me when i was younger and one of them is um, the prayers that we that we teach especially children and one I can very much remember and I think it still is taught to children uh, today and I think it kind of scared me at the time and it might uh, when you hear it you might think it it might scare folks today because it says now I lay me down to sleep I pray the Lord my soul to keep if I should die before I wake pray the Lord my soul to take poor kids scared to death I'm under the bed now, like, hey, I know you're only five or six, but if you don't make it through this night, I mean, you're going to get to go to heaven. So um, pastors do things, too, and I I won't say that all pastors do it. I'm talking about some churches, some of the time. Pastors and leaders will occasionally get up, and I call it the good morning repeat. They'll get up and say, good morning, and if the congregation is not loud enough, In their response, they will say, I said, good morning. And now we all fake it and say it real loud. Um, And now we've started the service feeling guilty that we're not excited enough uh, about what's going on here. So uh, we get that. We also have pastors and one that's on his radio on 106.9 all the time. And again, I can only hear him, but he does this all the time. He will do that uh, turn to your neighbor and say thing turn to your neighbor and say this, turn to your neighbor and say that. And every once in a while he'll say, and some pastors have done it before, they will say, turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you and so do I. Now this works pretty well if you're somewhere in the middle of the row with somebody you know, but what if you're on a first date? Maybe you've just been on a first date and said maybe we should go to church together. Or what if you're on the end, you have to turn and tell the wall? Um Uh, I'm not saying I don't like that. It's just things unique to our Christian community. And then we have some um, uh, folks who are great speakers who are um, just comedians. And they they tell a lot of funny stuff. And then you walk out and say, hey, that guy's great. But I don't really remember any points that he made. I guess we're kind of risking that today, aren't we, Uh, so far? So I'll try to to actually uh, make some points at the moment. The first one, I guess, is about our Christian community and the things that we do that are unique. But the ones I'm going to tell you about next aren't quite as fun to think about. And those are things that we do as Christians and as churches that might turn people off a little bit. Um, Church attendance is down nationwide. Uh, Let's don't blame that on God. Um, and let's don't necessarily blame it on the church, but maybe there are things that people are uncomfortable with at times in some churches in some places. And, and one of them might be that some churches in some places have an obsession with rules, things that are rules that that they follow. Uh, it could be something like, um, well, we're only allow one version of. And by the way, I've seen churches do this. So these are all true stories Um we only allow one version of the Bible. We can only have this version of the Bible read in our church and it can't be on a, a tablet or a phone or anything. It has to be read on the scripture, which is fine, but that's the rule. And, and usually which version is it that people get the ones like, hey, gotta have that one, King James version. Um, and there's the other ones. Um, some will not allow the message in because they think it's more of an interpretation than it is a translation. Uh, so there's other things, too. There's a uh, uh, there's the whole idea of the instruments that you play in church, and some churches say, hey, you know, it's, you can only have a piano, which gave them quite a dilemma back when an organ got invented. Because then they say, well, okay, we'll allow that because it's pretty much a glorified piano. Uh, you can see that is not the issue in Bowen Springs Baptist Church, as I see all this. But in some places, it actually is that there are, are rules that they that they follow. This one tends to strike a nerve denominationally and that is the whole baptism thing. There's some that believe you only the, the, the only... the baptism, the one, the official one is the one when you're born and you get sprinkled and others believe, no, it happens at confirmation when you're 12 years old and you go through the class and others is like when you make a profession and come to the front you get dunked and you have to be underwater and all that and I think there's some evidence of that here uh, behind me. But the, the point is some people think it's about the rules instead of what the rules represent. We make a lot of, of rules. We, uh, some people uh, in some places have rules about devotion. You have to have a devotion first thing in the morning, um, before coffee or during coffee. Well, what if you're a night person? and want to do it at night and have your quiet time then. There's, I've heard all these things uh, preached and said, and I'm wondering if these rules occasionally might turn somebody off. You have, to, you have to go on mission trips, and sometime in your lifetime, one of them has to be to a foreign country. You've got to leave America. You've got to do that uh, to be a Christian. That's the rule. And then when you pray, every time you pray, no matter what you pray, at the very end, you have to say, it won't take unless you say in Jesus' name at the end. You can pray in that attitude the whole time, but if you forget the phrase at the end. So I I was uh, talking about this with my college roommate many, many, not that many years ago, and um, we were discussing that and I said, so wait a minute, if I prayed from the heart for 20 minutes, and laid it all out before the Lord. And at the end, I forgot to say that before I said amen. He goes, never hears it, never. I said, so God just erases the thing. Like the whole time I'm talking, he's got an eraser up there like up, didn't say in Jesus name, you're out. Um, Perhaps we can pray in Jesus name. Now, of course it is appropriate and honoring to the Lord that we do that. But sometimes we get caught up in the rules. Some people believe that you have to ask forgiveness uh, some churches believe that you have to have forgiveness for every single sin you've committed before you die or it won't take. I am in trouble. I don't know about you. Um, so let's say hypothetically that you're going to go skydiving out of the airplane, okay? And let's say that you jump out and you pull the first one. It doesn't work. You pull the reserve and it doesn't work. You've got a limited amount of time to remember every sin you've ever committed before the ground, okay? And when, once you've remembered all those sins, you've got to apologize for not going on a foreign mission trip. And right before you hit, you've got to say this, right before you hit the ground, in Jesus' name. I think sometimes we get caught up in rules instead of relationships a lot of time. So, there's uh, the scripture that we saw a little bit earlier today. And the first one was from Matthew. And in Matthew, it talks about how they worship me in Matthew 15, nine it says, they worship me in vain. They're just following merely human rules, okay? So the rules uh, make the worship in vain. And that's what Lynn read. And then Jamie read about first Samuel 16, seven, when David was chosen. And it said, the Lord does not look at the outward appearance, he looks at, at the heart and what's on the inside. And a lot of times the rules in churches are outward appearances. Now, I don't know your, each of your individual personal relationships, and I'm not criticizing you. I just know that I've struggled in my lifetime with this. Uh, with the rule, there's a bad word. Oh, coach is gonna teach a bad word today to, to put the hands over the ears for the children. Actually, it's not a curse word, but it is a bad word and it's legalism. And legalism means this. It means you try to do things to earn God's love and secure salvation. You try to do things like follow rules. And then what what ends up happening is the rules become a distraction from the relationship. Uh, What ends up happening is, What looks like faith really isn't faith at all, it's more compliance to a set of rules. And we become actors in a play. And and in that play we have a script that we follow and we go through the motions of that. And then we become robots who are merely doing church instead of living out their faith. That's the danger of the rules. That's what Martin Luther figured out about 500 years ago when he started the Protestant Reformation. Basically, it was what I just told you. He was going, whoa, you guys are all into the rules. And it's about a relationship with the Lord that he's offering you, and you guys are obsessed with rules and what to do. He said, basically, and I think he would have said, it's not about what you do, it's about what's been done for you. And I've had to remember that a lot in my life as I try to do things to please God. There's nothing wrong with doing things to try to please God. In fact, all the, many of the things I mentioned earlier are very pleasing to God that, that I mentioned. But they don't earn His love and they don't earn our salvation. What's been done for us does that when we accept that. So Christianity is not a costume that we put on. It's not a costume we wear. It's not, a, it's not a habit that we practice. It's not an appearance that we make. And it's not a set of rules that we follow. It's a relationship. And when the rules are a more important relationship, then we need to take a, a long look at ourselves. I had an experience a few years ago with uh, uh, back in the early 2000s, some of you may remember, some may not, but there was a a Christian contemporary uh, group that was all over the charts named FFH, and they were my favorite. And I wanted to, I went to see them a few times in concert, and I got this idea that I was gonna get to meet them. And through a long story that I don't have time to tell, I did uh, one night and got to to meet the members of the band and ultimately led to one of them coming here to Gardner-Webb to speak to our students and, and deliver a message and sing as part of it. And I was the one that got uh, got in charge of picking him up at the airport in Charlotte and then taking him back. So we had a lot of chance to talk and, and I got to know a lot about my, my band. Well, I had found out uh, that they were actually kind of split at the moment and kind of going their separate ways for missions. It wasn't uh, they weren't irritated at each other, but the lead singer was a guy named Jeremy, and I was uh, dealing with a, a guy named Michael, who's a good guy, Michael Boggs. And we started talking, and I said, hey, uh, wh- where's the band headed now? And he goes, well, here's, here's what started to happen. Jeremy was the lead singer. He was the founder of the band. He was a producer. He made the executive decisions. He dealt with all the record labels. He dealt with all these things, and it just began to not go well. But Jeremy had a habit every day, and this is Michael telling me this, Jeremy had a habit every day, uh, a good habit, of going to spend uh, a time with the Lord off by himself, and he made sure that each day he talked to the Lord and he listened to the Lord. He wanted time to listen. So he went to do that one day during the height of a lot of the issues they were having, and he came back later, and Michael said, Okay, Jeremy, what did God say to you? And Jeremy replied, God told me my kingdoms are crumbling. And Michael said, so what did you say to God? And he said, I told God that if they're my kingdoms, that I want them to crumble. Um, I wonder as I challenge you, as I, as I finish here, that those of us with good intentions and all the right motives don't create and try to build our own kingdoms. Uh, good intentions, we're trying to do the right things, but when we're trying to build our own kingdoms, sometimes by just following the rules, it may be that we're not leaving room in here for God's kingdom, for what He's trying to do in our heart because we have all these things. And, and Matthew says very clearly, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. My challenge for myself in the coming year is I make resolutions that Lee has, t- has talked about, is to let my kingdoms crumble and for God to reveal my kingdoms so I can help him make them crumble so that he can replace them with his kingdom and his plans and what he has instead of all my little rules and regulations and plans that I have to seek you first. Because when we do that, when we allow God's kingdom to come within us, then we are no longer actors in a play, but we are servants in an everlasting kingdom for an everlasting God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day and thank you for the way that you've been worshipped in in words and songs and, and within our hearts. And we pray you give us strength just to see you in our lives and get around the rules and distractions and develop that deep personal relationship with you that you crave in every one of us. We thank you for what you've done through your son on the cross, and thank you for what you continue to do in this church. We love you, we praise you, and it's through Jesus Christ our Lord who we're able to pray in his name. Amen.
4: Rusty and Lee, thank you for sharing. Congregation, I ask you, the title of his sermon this morning was Actors in a Play, and I've shared this years ago in an in article, I think, in, for the church, but I was in a senior play, Annie Get Your Gun, and I had to play different roles. I didn't have one main role, but I had to act in different ways, And my hope and prayer is that Israel pastor, that I am not an actor in the play of what we're all doing here. That would be my worst fear. I want what I do to be from my heart. I want what I do to be sincere and authentic. And God forgive me if that's ever not the case. But I also want that for the church as well, for the church here in Boiling Springs Baptist, but for the church universal. I want us to be people who are authentic, people who are not actors in a play, people who are flawed, imperfect individuals, but who seek and pursue a relationship with a loving and living Lord. If you're here today and uh, you've never put, as Lee talked about it, uh, you know, casual, at 14 years old, you've never given your life to the Lord. Today's the day of salvation. You're here today as an actor in a play, this thing called church, you can come to the altar, You can pray in your pew where you are. We can talk after church today. But I just ask you, would you allow God to move and to work in your heart this day? We're going to stand and sing a um, familiar hymn to many, but it's the hymn, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Is Jesus yours today? If not, I'd love to talk with you about how you can begin a relationship with Jesus. Let's stand and sing together hymn number 619, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. leave today be sure to speak to someone that you haven't spoken to yet today and be sure also to come by i'm going to ask our bluegrass group and quartet and rusty and lee if you would just kind of hang out down front here and you come by and speak a word of encouragement and appreciation for their time with us this morning let's pray together god we thank you for the gift of your son we're thankful that your love for us your love for us through jesus christ gives us a reason to gather today Help us, Lord, to not be actors in a play, but Lord, help us to pursue and live out a genuine relationship with you. Lord, we know we're flawed. We know we're imperfect. But Lord, we're grateful that you use us anyway. Bless this congregation. And Lord, we're grateful that we have a story to tell. Help us to tell it faithfully. In Jesus' name, amen.